Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are powerful. You're a warrior who bathes in your enemy's tears. Then you step out of that refreshing tear bath and into a bathrobe that somehow looks good on you. Yeah. You can pull off a robe. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you save money for driving safely with Snapshot from Progressive. Mmm, savings you can use to buy more robes. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 88 of Ghost in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. I am Phil Sams. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to check out this podcast. Now, today I'm going to talk about something a little bit different. There's a lot of people that goes missing in the world, in the United States, everywhere, every day. The numbers a year are staggering. Just in children alone, I believe around 460,000 children go missing every year. Now, a lot of this can be attributed to abductions from, you know, siblings, or not siblings, but parents, estranged parents, people they know, just general kidnapping. But that doesn't account for all the cases. Let's be honest. That is a a large amount of people to actually disappear every year. I watched a documentary called Missing 401, The Hunted. This looked into missing hunters. And that is what I want to talk about in this episode. So let me just cover some quick business. Generally, I know you want me to get right into it, but today let me just cover some quick business. And that is, if you take in this podcast, however you take it in, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, any way you take it in, please be sure to like us, give us a review, follow us, all that good stuff. And if you watch these videos that I put up of the podcast episodes, be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. Would greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to go to ghostinthenightpodcast.com. That's where you can get all the show notes for the, this episode and past episodes. So be sure to visit that and we'll go from there. All right, so Missing 411, The Haunted. Like I said, this took the approach or looked into missing hunters. And this is what anybody that knows anybody that hunts or is an outdoorsman, this is an interesting phenomenon. It is Whenever a hunter goes missing, it's very interesting. And here's why. Because these are experienced outdoorsmen. These people just don't, hunters, I should say, just don't hunt in strange places. They scout these places out. They have grown up there. They look, they spend week, weekends there. They they know the terrain. It's almost like it's their second home. So they are experienced. They are knowledgeable about their surroundings, the terrain, the pitfalls, the dangers. 
So when a hunter goes missing, it's interesting. And this gentleman, who's a former police detective, Dave Pilatus, I'm probably butchering his name, but he started looking into missing person cases. And this is one of his documentaries. He wrote books called Missing 411. But this was a documentary just on hunters that have gone missing. And he covered several stories in this documentary that were kind of fascinating. You know, he this being a paranormal podcast, naturally, I'm going to get to some paranormal stuff. But this is a tricky one. Missing persons is a tricky one. We've all seen the abduction stories. Um, people who have, you know, say they've been abducted by aliens or whatever. You know, whether you believe them or not, that's fine. But there is something strange. There is something paranormal, possibly, when it comes to missing person cases, when people turn up missing with, or just vanish without a trace. Now, yes, yeah, some can just want to skip the jit and get out and not be detected or run away from something. That's, that's always a possibility. That's probably the case in most case of those type cases. But there are some strange disappearances that we don't hear about that the media doesn't cover. And not every one of them is because of human participation. But this documentary doesn't, it just talked about it being strange. And some of these missing person cases have really, are unexplainable. They're not easily defined. They don't follow a lot of the rules or a lot of the what we believe happens in an abduction case or what have you. And so he has researched this, and, you know, it's fascinating, and I, and I really enjoyed it. But through his research of these missing hunters, he's found there are clusters. Police, they're coming to get me. But there are clusters of these areas that a lot of people go missing in, and that can't be a coincidence. Now, is there something charged with that area? Is this a high UFO area? Dare we say Sasquatch? Maybe Bigfoot's taking some of these people? That's it's a paranormal podcast, so I'm not going to rule it out. But the show focuses on the hunters and three or four of their stories, except for the very last one, which I'll get to, which has a I like this story too. It's not really a hunter. Well, it is a hunter, but it's not out in the woods. I'll get to it. You'll, we'll get to it. But the first story is about an 82-year-old man that I believe was in New York. He was a veteran, special forces, like I said, but the key to the story is 82. And I'm not going to go full bore paranormal or something abducted him on all of these or even on this one. I don't know. Because we have to think about it rationally. We have to look through it with some sort of skeptical lens. And that's just how you need to approach and talk about the paranormal or things you don't understand. You can't 100% believe everything and immediately assume just because you didn't look into it too deeply. That means it's a demon came and took somebody or an alien or an animal kill. You have to be open to all possibilities and just go where the evidence or the knowledge base that you acquire takes you. That's the way you investigate. That is the way you look at certain situations that can be a little interesting, that can be a little dicey or paranormal. But this guy, 
I forget his name, but he was hunting with two friends and his son, maybe two of his sons, and another person. And they would, they had a, a cabin up there. So they're very familiar with this terrain. So they would space out 100 yards, well, I believe it was 100 yards, and then go sit into the woods, maybe 30 yards. And the other people went, the three younger, I believe they were all young. I know some was one of them, the other two I'm not quite sure of. They kind of looped around and worked back toward them so that if there was any deer, or I believe they were hunting deer, yes, I think so, but would push them towards them and kind of drive them or at least wrangle them that way, which would give them a better shot. They all had walkie-talkies. They all, they've done this in the past. This wasn't something new they were just trying this was common practice. They were familiar with it. And so nothing, they, it was a bust. They didn't get anything, didn't really hear anything, didn't see anything. And so they call it quits and they get on the walkie-talkies and say, hey, we're coming back. This guy doesn't respond. So they go looking for him. He's not where he is supposed to be. No trace or anything. Now, this does take a little bit of a paranormal twist, and I'll leave that for you to kind of ponder. But one of the hunters said they heard a strange noise that couldn't explain it. It was a noise you didn't hear in the woods. It wasn't common. They've, he never heard it before. And all of them said it was eerily quiet. No critters, no forest, no wood noises. And if you've been spending time in, in the woods, you know it's almost like it's alive, especially the darker it gets, critters start moving around. So it was kind of a eerie situation, but they couldn't couldn't find anybody. We couldn't find him at all. Um, they continued looking. Some of them stayed behind this, kept looking and kept going, you know, kept the search going. The other ones went and contacted officials. By the next day, there was a big manhunt. And... The people of the small community, I believe, like I said, I believe it was in New York, upstate New York, New York. They had never seen the turnout like this. Every agent who was involved, every, you know, the turnout, and almost the regulars kind of joked that, what, did the governor's son go missing? What was really interesting about this case, the FBI showed up. The FBI started asking questions. Didn't necessarily, I don't think, joined in the search, but they were present, were looking at it, and taking notes. The FBI does not get involved in adult missing person cases. So why were they there? Almost like they were, and they, he kind of touches on this in this documentary, they were almost aware of it, and they were just documenting all this, and I believe he even said they went back since the 60s. They've been kind of looking into these strange disappearances and documenting them and doing their version of an investigation and compiling notes so they are aware that there are some strange things going on when it comes to missing people when i first heard this particular story i was like okay he was 82 had one eye he i guess in the uh, in the war uh, explosion or something or misfire or something Cause him basically a blind in one eye. But the family says he was pretty much in perfect health outs for an 82 year old, didn't have 
apparently Alzheimer's or dementia or anything, so it wouldn't just get lost. He was experienced. He trained, ran, or taught a hunting class, so he was an experienced hunter. Now, the first thing I said, well, okay, an animal. Maybe a bear got a hold of him and dragged him away and had him for dinner. Happens. I'm not ruling it out, but they found nothing. There was almost like he just was there and then gone and disappeared off the face of the earth. And they still haven't found him to this day or have no remains as of the making of this documentary, I guess I should say. They have no remains. So what happened? Could he have just got dis- disoriented and wandered off? Possibly. There was a lake nearby which they drug. Didn't find him in the lake. But what about that noise? What about how it seemed like all the wildlife just stopped? They quit making the noise. They went underground or whatever. So there's something eerie about that. But with this case and his age, I don't know. It's not conclusive. It is weird. But like I said, this researcher, this investigator has noticed there are clusters of these areas that people go missing. And I believe just south of that, a farmer went missing just on his farm. Wasn't even hunting. Just a few miles south. Oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Three or four days later, another elderly man disappeared. It's about 20 miles or so south of this location. So this seems to be, or in a lot of these weird and strange missing person cases, they are clustered or focused in a general proximity close to one another. And I respect him for the fact that he didn't necessarily push that. There was a lot of unexplained things that went into this gentleman's disappearance. He didn't push the paranormal or Bigfoot or UFO agenda with his story. He was rational. And he was an investigator. Being a homicide, I guess a homicide, but just says police detective. He's trained to be some rational, to go where the evidence takes him. I know it's kind of a hot button topic these days, but they are great observers and they generally don't, they shouldn't jump to conclusions. So I take his opinion and his theory. It's credible and I I go with that because he did not jump to the paranormal. He did not jump to the strange, something strange happened. He just presented the facts as they were and kind of, and let me kind of wonder what's going on here. But he's researched thousands of these type cases. Now, later on in some of the other stories or disappearances that he talks about, there's one um, before we get to the paranormal portion of the uh, show, I guess, where he kind of does dive into some stranger things that he does poke through that paranormal curtain a little bit. But there was one in, I believe it was Montana, Wyoming, one of those mountain range, you know, a mountain range that just sits alone. I forget what they're called. Hmm. Should have wrote it down, but I don't think I did. Anyway, he, uh, there's three men went hunting for the, they were going for the weekend. They had, they knew the area like the hunters do. 
these are dangerous mountains. People do go missing. And it is, you know, very dangerous. But these were experienced. He was in his, this one where it differs, this gentleman was in his 30s. So he was a young, a young hunter. So it takes out of maybe physical problems, like dimensions, things such as that. But they, when they were traveling up in the mountain ranges, pretty, like I said, dangerous. Can't get to it by car. They can only go so far. Then they took mules, I guess. Or horses and went the rest of the way to the campsite. These hunters had caches of or areas where they kept supplies anyway. So on their way to their campsite with their horses, there was an accident. One of the horses, something happened with one of the horses, and a lot of the supplies either fell down the mountain or got ruined or whatever. And most of this gentleman's supplies were in that horse wreck. So when they got to the campsite, they, one of them had a stash of stuff not too far away. A pretty good hike, but not too far away. So this gentleman set out to go to that supply depot that they that he put there. And, you know, he's going to stock up for the, you know, and come back. They had walkie-talkies as well. And their walkie-talkies had GPS locators, so... When they would talk back and forth, they could see exactly where they were. Now, he was going, and the other two hunters just went about their business and kind of got ready for the hunt, and they really didn't, He, didn't, the guy never came back. They got with him at one point, and, or I, I can't remember, Did they, they didn't radio call him, but the GPS locator kicked on and they could see where his location was he was off course off the trail the, the way that they showed it on the map he had to, he was following the trail and the tra- trail broke hard to the left or kept going straight he was supposed to go to the left and that last gps lo- location that he had was way past that breakoff point now what happened at this point a freak snowstorm Showed, you know, popped up in those mountains, put about a foot of snow on the ground. And this guy got caught out in it. The next morning, they knew something was wrong, couldn't get him on the radio. They contacted, and that's where they contacted the authorities and it made it a little bit rough with that snow that had just fallen. They kind of couldn't get in there right away. They had to kind of wait till. Started to melt a little bit before they could get up there. But it was, like I said, it was a freak snowstorm. So it was in the 50s during the day. So it melted off pretty quick to where they can get in there and start their search and rescue. This went on for days. Could not find him. They searched the last location. And they attacked it from several different points. Because it was basically on the county line where he went missing. So the one county that was to the east came in the backside, essentially, kind of the direction he was going. The other kind of came in, you know, you get the picture. And they never found anything on the first go-around. And that's what I'm saying on the first go-around. Now, this case does get interesting. This case does get a little weird. And it does have an outcome. That's one thing a lot of missing person cases do not have is an outcome or a final outcome. They searched the area. Because the, they had those GPS coordinates, they kind of focused 
they knew about where to start. Now, when they do these search and rescues, they will go over pretty vast area. Now, in this particular case, one of these areas, they actually, a group, searched one particular part twice. They kind of searched it one time, went back later on a day or so, I don't know the exact time frame, but went back and they found boots that were placed or they were sitting there like somebody had just taken them off. But what was weird was they weren't there the first go around. And these are trained or trained search and rescue people. These are just not like the movies where, you know, they call the town in and just get everybody they can and go search. No, these are people who are trained to do this, trained to look for things, trained to track things. So they are professionals. And they, the odds of them missing those boots where they were located the first go around is almost impossible. Now, but this does question, make you question some things. With the freak snowstorm, did hypothermia start kicking in? And I did not know this. This is something I learned. When you have hypothermia, you start doing some strange, strange things like taking off your boots, you know, and doing stuff you should not be doing. That is a possible explanation for that. Doesn't account for why they didn't find them the first or the first time they searched that particular location, that area. But it's not super uncommon for them to find something like that in cases of hypothermia. Okay, so let's move on. They continued search and just kept moving further out. And they got to one point, they found a thermos with an energy drink, and I believe some cigarettes and stuff. Like somebody had just set it down and took a drink, you know, or just finished a drink and didn't put, screw the cap back on and just sitting on a rock. Like somebody sat down on that rock and took a drink to hydrate. But what was really interesting from this location, he could see if this was him, if this he in his condition had been out in the wilderness lost essentially, and he sat in this rock to hydrate himself. He could see the valley, and there was a ranch right there. He was within eyesight of his salvation, of his saving his life. Why didn't he go that way? He had made it, this is 9, 10, 11 miles past where the boots were. Now, he was hypothermic. Okay, who knows? But what was really strange is he was right there. And this, another strange thing is he dropped his boots if he was hypothermic. He dropped his boots. But he didn't get rid of his bow or his backpack. They hadn't found that yet. Why would you, you know, especially those things are heavy. If you're trying to lighten the load so you don't exert that much energy and try to save your energy because you know you're lost or whatever, if it wasn't hypothermia, why hadn't they found that yet? Those would be the first things you would ditch in most of those scenarios and plus like i said his salvation his rescue was within his eyesight he could see the ranch now they interviewed these people who owned that ranch that's not the only strange thing oh that's probably the strangest thing but it does have a conclusion like i said they did find his remains it was strange and the investigator or the journalist, former detective, talking to the people who ran, the sheriff who ran, said, this is strange. 
not to mention the the boots they found almost like they were set out to dis- be displayed the canteen or the thermos like somebody just took a drink almost like it was displayed like it was pointing the trail they did find the backpack and i think they found the backpack in the air bow and arrow the bow close to the body or the remains i believe they found the skull and i you know naturally they from there, they found the majority of the rest of his body. But the therm- from the thermos location, he could see the ranch. It was right there. I mean, it was still a good hike, but it- I know if you were in a desperate situation and you saw y- your rescue, you're gonna make that way. You're gonna make it that way. Now he could not. He could have been hypothermic and wasn't thinking clear. That is very possible. But the boots weren't there before and it's almost like something was toying with these search and rescue people were going back and placing it i don't know this one is strange but what caused it hypothermia is a plausible explanation people do crazy things we're not thinking clearly like that but i don't know it doesn't account for the boots not being there, then being there. So this is a strange one. Did aliens do it? I don't know. I don't know. Let you be the judge. Now, the from here, he does do a couple other ones that are kind of sim- very similar to that. No real explanation in a cluster of disappearances. But let's move into a little bit of the paranormal one. Now, they California is known for Bigfoot sightings, the western northwest you know is habitat for bigfoot essentially i mean they've they're seen all over the place but that you know he like i said he doesn't go a lot into it but until we get to this this particular story now there's a group of hunters that have had a cabin you know, not even a campsite up in the hills just north of Yosemite. And they'd had this since the it started in the 50s. In the 1950s, you know, a group went there and naturally from, they passed it on to other people. And if anything, if anybody knows anything about Yosemite, Yosemite is probably the biggest cluster location of people going missing. Over 50 some up people a year probably go missing there and this is just north of that just the fact that this place is close to the proximity is very close to yosemite makes it interesting but what's really interesting this isn't a missing person case nobody necessarily went missing but these hunters experienced something at this camp they uh were there on their weekend trip trip and i should preface this by saying these were serious hunters this wasn't your standard campground camping site they didn't take alcohol they were very serious about their hunting so there's no shenanigans going on essentially or any excessive shenanigans like people getting drunk no alcohol there so no drugs probably naturally but in 1970 one something strange they all experienced something very strange they were outside 
at night, campfire, they start hearing grunts, hearing whoops, just like you've we've all seen on these Bigfoot shows that people try to do or call to draw in Bigfoot. And it kind of freaked them out. They recorded the sound. They had a recorder. They recorded it. They had it analyzed by Dr. Lynn Curlin, who was an expert in the sound, I guess. Whatever. I don't know exactly what the name of that is. But the analysis stated, let me read this. Whatever made those noises, in her expert opinion, it was a larger animal, much larger than a human, and they based that on the pitch and sound. And they even put a size to it. Whatever made that sound and the, that those grunts, those whoops, that those growls, was anywhere from seven three to eight foot tall. So, but it wasn't human. Definitely wasn't human. And what these hunters told them, what they experienced, and what was they caught on tape, there was more than one. There were different creatures. I'm not saying it's Bigfoot, but there was different creatures, almost like they were communicating, going back and forth. And they were adamant in saying, this doctor was adamant in saying, there's no way that a human could make these noises. What was it? It was as big, whatever it was. Now, unfortunately, these hunters never saw what was making the noises. They were just right outside the camp, I think, by a creek, almost like they were walk, watching them, stalking them. And they, at the time, didn't really even have any shelter other than they had a, like a tree. It's kind of weird how they makeshift structure where they just basically close it up with a tree a tree and wasn't really a built structure just inside of a hollowed out tree or something like that i had pictures of it. it's hard to explain where they put almost like a teepee i guess maybe they put big logs together and kind of to give some kind of covered they went in there closed it up with a big log and it was just sitting there waiting they it talked about how they were just waiting for something to tear it open and basically attack him and kill him, but it never happened. It's almost like they they just wanted them to know they were there, they were watching, and keeping an eye on them. So, what was it? Now, the one person that he interviewed from this group, he, they don't go up as much. They do go up. They don't spend as much time there. They go. This one guy goes up once a year. Now, he has experienced other strange stuff there. He talked about seeing a rod of light, him and his girlfriend, recently, in the past couple of years. And they hear noises like car door slamming, which there's no, this is North Yosemite. There isn't cars up in this way. You have to hike to this area. Now, sound does travel. Could they be hearing something? There might be some sort of road or something close close enough by to where maybe the sound might get there. They say no, but I'm not an expert on how sound travels. So I don't know. But they do hear some weird noises. And it they shouldn't hear car doors slamming there, but they have. 
So I don't know. Was it Bigfoot? And being that close to Yosemite and that being such a hot spot for missing persons, could Bigfoot... I've heard stories of Bigfoot abducting people. It's not crazy to think that. My opinion is not crazy. If Bigfoot is real, why wouldn't he or she? I would think if that creature is out there, is roaming the forest, it's very possible they might take a hunter, take one of these hikers, whatever. It is very possible that they could actually do this if they are real. So it could explain some of this. I don't know. But this is strange. This adds a little bit more structure, a little bit more. It causes you to ask more questions. What's behind some of these abductions, especially with these hunters that really know the way around the woods, know what they're doing. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, they know the surrounding areas. They have spent time there. They track there. Spend weekends, days upon days at a time there. They're comfortable there. They know survival skills. They are armed. And generally just not with a gun. Most hunters carry knives. They have to carry knives. You know, to field dress the animals that they kill or shoot. So they're armed. What is causing them to go missing? What is happening? Why are these experienced woodsmen going missing? These would be the last people I would think that would go missing or have the best chance, I should say, have the best chance of surviving something like that, like the freak snowstorm. They prepare for that kind of stuff. They know what to do. They're just not some stockbroker wanting to hang out in the woods for a weekend. No, these are people that grow grew up there. They live there. They live the culture so something really weird and dangerous must have happened for them to go missing to just vanish off this face of the earth in most cases but i don't know i would think like i said these would be the least these people would have the least chance of that happening whether than and i'm not an experienced hunter if i would go out into woods that i'm a, i mean local here local yes i i'll be all right but, you know, going into a wooded area that I'm not completely familiar with, haven't been there much in the past, I'm more likely to turn up missing than somebody who has hunted there all their life. So what is going on? There has to be a reason for it. And yes, I can guarantee you some of it is animals. Some of it is just getting lost and wandering off and dying and wandering outside the uh, search grid that's very possible i'm not saying that's not the case but when animals with some of these cases that he investigates but with animals they don't eat everything clothes what about clothes you should find some shred of clothes and everything so i don't i don't know now the last one he talked about was out of lima ohio so it struck my attention now lima is kind of a it's a city basically so there's not a lot of woods there but there are some there is some land up there that does have some wooded areas. And one of these, a female hunter was there hunting one day deer. She could, it's like I said, it's close to a school. It's in a, 
not a real populated area, but close enough to a school she could hear the band practicing. And she's there doing what hunters do, sitting in a tree stand. And she sees something weird in the trees in front of her. And she can't explain it. The best way she can explain it and the best way they showed it is almost like if you've seen the movie Predator, the original, the cloaking device that uh, the Predator has, you know, how people, we see it, you know, kind of like, it's kind of a weird figure with the, you know, the, uh, you can't, you can see what's behind it kind of thing, projection, but it's weird, really weird. And she explained it almost like looking through saran wrap. So... She, you know, saw it, looked at it for a minute, took her phone out, started snapping pictures. Now, her husband is a smart man. He's a professor, I believe, at Ohio State. He looked at it. And what was weird about these pictures is she stepped several pictures on this before and after. However, the one picture she snapped of this, whatever it was, it was out of focus. You couldn't tell. It was blurred. You couldn't see shit. And the ones before it were fine. The ones after it were fine. Just this one picture. And we're talking pictures she took. Just not days and weeks before. And days and weeks after. Right before. Right after. Within hour, minutes, whatever. But was what was really interesting. It That picture was. The settings were changed. The pixels were changed. It was different than the rest of them. Something affected the camera for that one picture. And you just can't do that by brushing up against a smartphone. You know, you have to go into settings. You have to touch several different areas to change that kind of stuff. It's not easy to do. You just can't do it accidentally. So what's that all about? And the kicker of the story, I told you earlier, she could hear the band marching band practicing at the football field of the local high school. Guess what? Little surprise for you here. There's a UFO sighting at the same time. The whole band saw it. The band director stopped the freaking band practice because there was something hovering over the woods where she was hunting. So is that a possible explanation for some of these missing hunters? Is it actually predator? A hunter's going there armed, predator, you know, and some life force, some alien, whatever, is hunting the hunters. It's a good question. I don't know. I'll let you decide, and we will end it there. But there is definitely something to these missing hunters. I would think these would be the last people that would go missing. I am. The, would have the best chance of not going missing, I guess I should say, because these are experienced woodsmen. They know they're survivalists. They know how to survive. They know their surroundings. And they are prepared to hunt for their food if they do get lost. You know, so I, there might be something serious going on here. There might be something definitely paranormal. And like I said in the past, paranormal is just everything we don't understand. It's just not limited to ghosts, aliens, cryptids. It's everything we don't understand. And some of these cases, we don't understand. Science doesn't necessarily explain them. It doesn't explain the clusters. And it doesn't explain how things just appear, as in the boots. So what is doing it? 
I don't know. Is it abducting? Is maybe the government's abducting these people, doing experiments on them, killing them? I don't know. But what is doing it? Yes, a lot of these accounts could be people just getting lost in falling down a ravine, a ravine and falling in a lake or whatever. That is a lot of the cases as well. But I can almost guarantee it doesn't answer all the questions. It doesn't account for every case. What is going on? Some of these are very strange, like the one in this documentary. So let me know what you think. Send me an email at gitnpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. However you take in the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, tune in, iHeartRadio, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We do have paranormal t-shirts. Go to ghostinthenightpodcast.com, sent on the show notes. We will have links there to our Spreadshirt account. Get a Ghost in the Night t-shirt. Go a long way to helping support the show. We have a Patreon page where I do do bonus material i started a new conspiracy madness show where i just talk about conspiracies or some strange stranger than normal stuff that we don't have answers for but there's not going to be a lot of uh ghost or necessarily paranormal stuff it's just going to be like the name says conspiracy madness just a bunch of conspiracies but that is for the patrons only so become a patron of the patreon account and you will get those episodes um hopefully be doing some investigations here soon i know i got one coming up next weekend i believe and then one the middle of september going on a big hunt i guess you should could say or a big paranormal investigation so there should be some more on the hunt episodes to follow what else what else what else i will try to get some extra videos up on youtube so be like i said earlier be sure to like subscribe all that happy stuff we'd are getting up there we don't have a lot of support on youtube but i appreciate each and every one of you that do support and have subscribed to the youtube channel follow us on twitter at night underscore ghost and don't forget about the facebook page at ghost in the night i do do some live podcast recordings like this episode i almost i thought about doing it live and when i do do it live record it live i do it on facebook so follow us the facebook page and you can join in the conversations when I do do it. I don't like to do it all the time, but when I do do it, I try to interact with the people that comment and stuff like that during the podcast episode. So if you listen to this, you've probably heard me say hello to somebody that is our live recordings. I just like that. I don't do them every week, but I do do them every now and then. Maybe next week I'll go ahead and do it again. But we'll see. Hopefully, I should have some. I've been in had some contact with some people for some interviews. So we should have an interesting couple weeks, at least an interesting couple month and a half or so coming up. So be sure to like, follow, subscribe, however you want to take in the podcast. So until next week, take care, everybody.
Hey, what do you want to da da da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da da da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these dolls. I know. Like, is today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. <gasps> oh no, I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh no! No! These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to die or any die. Quote to die at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.